Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. from the boss man show or close friend of mine a great guy former coach at winthrop he was a georgia southern down there in statesboro he's a tennessee state mama modern he's a tltsu Texas southern with johnny jones coach randy peel coach peel good to talk to you finally on the show man good to see you buddy boss man how you doing bud you doing good man oh that, yeah that, i see it yes see it. It. <laughs> yeah you're, you're a legend you're a legend up in there, man. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Repping the Atlanta Hawks as always. Coach, I, I tell you. Hey, Coach, I, I know it's been a while since we've seen each other, man, but I tell you, man, I've been keeping up with you. I'm glad you've got through your health issue, man. I was praying for you then, and I'm happy you with Johnny Jones, a great guy. I had him on the show, man. Oh. You're helping out that program a lot, man. I, I, I see you from afar doing, doing big things, Coach. Well, I appreciate it. Coach Jones is great. Like he's, when you measure people, he's at the top shelf. You know, he's a great person. He's a great coach. And, uh, you know, he, he's blessed. My wife thinks the world of him. And I'm just really, really blessed. And, uh, you know, when the chips are down, you know what I'm saying? And you, you, and you find out who's in your corner. And uh, he, he's, man, he's been in my corner like you can't believe. So I'm very fortunate for sure. And, Coach, I know for you, man, you was a head coach at Winthrop for a while. You see Greensboro for a while, man. Uh, I tell you, in your career, when, when did you know you was going to become a head coach, Coach? I know when you get into the business, you, you want to aspire to be a head coach. But when did you know that was your, your path to be a head coach and this coach ball for your whole career, man? Yeah. Well, I knew well, I knew I wanted to be a college coach the first day I started teaching in high in high school. <laughs> so, you know, I was an AD when I was 22 years old in high as a I was an athletic director and a head basketball coach at 22. That's a lot of responsibility. But I knew then like I love those kids in my classroom and on the floor. But now, when you walk into a classroom as an educator in, in Atlanta, I don't care where you are, you better have your game on. And you better be prepared because those kids need you. And it, that what people have no idea is they have no idea how hard those teachers work outside that classroom. I was doing that. I was teaching five classes, AD and head basketball coach at 22 years old. My head was spinning. Okay. So, but I knew, I was like, you know what? I knew like, I eventually I got to try to get to college. Um, you know, the part about becoming a head coach in college, you ain't never ready for it. I can just tell you, you may, you, there, the way I take that back, there's no preparation for it. The preparation is you got to work with good people. So when you get your chance, you you basically go off of what you've done and who you've worked for, you know, because when you slide over 18 inches in college, it's, uh, man, <laughs> it's hard to put into words. I'm just, it's, it's hard because, you know, you're, you're just like you're going from a suggestion maker to a decision maker definitely and the other thing you're going to is you know a lot of times when you're an assistant it's like your eyes are on recruiting and coaching you know well when you're a head coach 
you're, for example, you're making the decision on are we flying to Huntsville or are we taking a bus? You're making the decision on how many hours guys are in study hall. You're making the final decision on your equipment. You know, you're making, do you keep walk-ons? You know, you're, so you, you have to be the master of multiple tasks when you're the head coach. And that, that's not easy. I hear that, Coach, and I, I, I can tell you are a teacher because I got to watch you, Tennessee State, coach your guys on and off the floor. I can see how you relate to your, your young men that you are a teacher. Hell, you've even taught me stuff, and I'm in my 30s. So, so, so I know you would teach me. I'm just old, man. I'm just old. That's all that is. <laughs> hey, your wisdom is one of a kind, Coach. It's one of a kind. And so yeah. – where where did you get your desire to teach from? Because I know that's a skill to desire, have a desire to teach others and help others become better. So where did you acquire that skill from? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think what that is, is that's the, it's the effect your coaches have had on you. You know, like it kind of depends on who you've, who you played for when you were coming up and who you worked for. And, um, like, I, like, I love studying the game, you know, like, uh, I love teaching the game. Like, so when I watch a game, I really watch it from a couple different perspectives. Um, you know, I'm watching it from an X's and O perspective of what's going on on the floor. And then I'm watching it from a skill development perspective. I mean, um, I don't know if you can see, but I have like legal pads all over my desk where I study other programs. And so um, I just want to know what I'm talking about because the one thing about kids, if they know, they'll know if you don't know, I can assure you, they, they, if you don't know what you're teaching and doing, they'll sniff you out very quickly. And I, I don't want to ever do that. Most definitely, Coach. And I, I remember being in your office, the, the notepads you had and how you told me that you want to get better every day. You study the game, you want to get better at the game every day, learn a new something new every day. And I know you care about the game of basketball. And that's what young men are blessed to have you as a coach because you know the game. You can help them better their games. And I saw how you helped them. Uh, Tajir McCall or Wayne Martin or Chris McAwulu, how those young men told me how much special you were what the for them. So I know what you're about, and I feel like, you know, having a coach really cares about you, doing these tough times we're in right living in it, Coach, is a yeah. blessing of, of the greatest order. Well, I appreciate that. It's funny because I just, before we got on, I just emailed four guys. I'm sorry, I text four players. Uh, I text three and emailed one guy four times. So I have four guys that I'm responsible for academically. And the beauty of what's going on is like, I just sit there and told them like, Let, I'm ready, let's go. You know, and so um, the key to it is, you know, is I have to pour myself into their lives academically so I know what's going on in the classroom. So, for example, what I did today was I was like, like, okay, how many hours are, are you taking? What classes are you taking? Classes start Wednesday. What classes do you have Wednesday? You know, which ones do you have Thursday? So, you know, where I'm going with it is if you're going to help them on the floor, they got to know you care about them off the floor. And one of the things that works for me is really being involved with their academic lives, you know, because it's, it's times have changed. And uh, Makawulu would tell you, I, I used to bring him in the office all the time. And I'd always say, Mac, how you, how we doing in these classes? And, uh, you know, and if you know Mekawulu, Mekawulu would say, Coach, everything is good. <laughs> yeah, I'd say, oh, okay. All right. So, you know, but, yeah, that's a big part of it for sure. Most definitely. And, you know, Coach, I, I feel like you're, you're the way you approach young men, they they, they were like, because you're real. You're not a BSer. 
some guys in the business who we know are BSers. And being real with a young person helps them understand and relate because if they know you're being real and really do care and have their back, you're not telling them this to tell them something, they will fight and go hard for you no matter what. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, one of the things like, like, you know, for example, you know, what you say and how you say it. So, for example, one of the things I – I did today is I just said, I'm all in, you know, like with each guy, you know, I was like, I was talking to him academically, but I, my message was I'm all in with you in the classroom, you know? And so what I'm saying to them is, you know, like I need to know everything that's going on because at the end of the day now they're, for example, four guys I'm responsible for and you know, part of my job responsibility and it's people, they don't understand boss, man. Like I, like I literally, I have to know every assignment that's due in every class. And then I have to know whether or not they turned it in on time. And then I have to know what kind of grade they got. And I do that the entire semester. And especially right now, it's really, really tough because, you know, and I'm dealing with four guys and that wears me out, you know, so I'm sitting there. So for example, if they have a paper due on Friday, I'm, I'm texting them on Wednesday and I'm going, now, you know, you have a paper due Friday. All right. Do you have it done yet? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, and they'll be like, well, coach, I'm working on it. And I'm like, all right, it's due Friday. You know, so then I, but so the beauty of Blackboard is I can see when they submitted it. So that, so when I see that they submitted it, you know, it tells me whether or not they're getting their work in. And, and then I also can see what their grade is. Um, one of the things I learned a long time ago is around about near, like it all means less than. Like when you say to a kid and you say, what kind of grade did you get on that test? And they say, well, coach, I got about an 80. That means they got a 74. Yeah. <laughs> it's never worked out the other way. That's just common sense, you know. It's like, you know, so, because, see, I even did that with guys. I used to make them write down their grade. But now I can actually see their grade. Yes, you indeed. Know? You know, so, uh, but, yeah, that's that's something that <laughs> – Trust me, that's something that, you know, I worry about it because um, it's a lot of responsibility, to be honest with you. And, you know, they, they have to learn to compete in the classroom. And that's, that's the skill that's acquired. You know, it's, it's something that if, if they think that I don't care about what they're doing in the classroom, they're not going to be as serious about it, you know? And so I have to, like, this is a thing in business with your, if you're, if it matters to you, it's going to matter to them. Mm-hmm. That, that That's, that's very big. So right now I'm doing one thing right now with my, I'm letting them know that what they're doing in the classroom matters uh, to me because I'll, you know, I'm reporting to Coach Jones. It matters to Coach. And so I'm going to make sure he's not blindsided. I'm going to make sure he knows. And he does. He cares about him academically for sure. Most definitely. Coach, you're so right because even in the radio business, like you said, when I push an issue on something, they know it's real. If I just kind of mention it and glance it on it, he must not really mean it. But like you said, when I really push the issue – they know, oh, right. JR cares about this topic. We might need to take this more seriously because he really cares about it. So you're so right about that, Coach. That example is, works in every walk of life here. If you really care about it, you'll show it. Yeah, yeah. And I heard it just explained the other day, you know, it was just a different term. And I don't – it was something – but the term was you have to show them that it matters to you. And then when you're in any type of leadership position, that's true. So makes my life tougher, <laughs> you know, because I want to sit there and, 
you know, I, I care about, I mean, I, I care about them on the floor, off the floor, you know, the whole deal, you know, so. Most definitely. And coach, all the guys you coached in your career, man, and I'm sure you have a, a vast network work of people who you still keep in contact with. How happy are you when you see your young men you've coached become successful husbands and fathers and players overseas and be successful? I know that's make you feel good knowing you played a little bit or played a little role in those young men blossoming in who they are in their 20s and 30s and 40s. Well, the one thing about it is if they don't ever come back, then you didn't have a big enough impact in their life. And, um, you know, I think the thing that you just said that's really important, I didn't realize it maybe 20 years ago. I, I was on a Zoom Monday night, and there were five former players on there that I coached um, in the early 90s. They were like, what's up, coach? You know what I mean? And so that was great. And so one of the things that that I say now is, or when I, I used to say this when I was the head coach at Winthrop, I used to say, uh, don't come to Winthrop if you don't want me knowing who your girlfriend is. Don't come to Winthrop because I'm coming to your wedding, whether you invite me or not. You know what I mean? And so, like, I just think that where I'm going with it is, is if someone attends Texas Southern with Coach Jones, this isn't a college decision. This is a life decision. Most definitely. If someone, if someone you know, like, like at Tennessee State when I was there, if we're recruiting you, this is a life decision, even if when we both leave. You know what I mean? So – I think that's the way you have to approach it. And, um, you know, you stay in touch with some guys more than others, but like, like Makawulu, like his first job, like I helped Makawulu get his agent, like his second job, he just got a major raise in salary. I helped him, you know, like decide, like he called me and he said, what should I do? And I, I talked him through what my thoughts were. He made the final decision, but you know that stuff's that stuff's important because um, you know, like with these guys, like we have, like that's part of the job responsibility. If if you only care about them, then if you only care about them when you coach them for four years, and you're in the wrong business, I'll put it to you like that. You need to get out and do something else because that's not fair to them. It's not. It is not fair. It's not. You got that right. And I feel like, you know, for me, coaches I've had in my life and I've known those people I'm close to today. When I need advice, I talk to people that have just coached me or helped mold me as a young man because they know me when I was up and coming, when I was I wasn't JR the boss man, I was just JR. And then me before all this, all this I've been blessed with. So they know how to, to reach that point of me and get underneath my skin and get to that core to get me to see stuff. So like you said, if they don't care about you as your as a whole in your whole life, you're right in this business is not for them, Coach. Not at all. It's not. Like, you know, like um, one of the things that I think, you know, you said something, and I'm glad I, I'm, I'm glad I come across to you that way because, but like, you know, you, you said earlier, you know, you said, Coach, I think you're a teacher. And that means a lot to me because that's how I approach my job. Um, I don't have all the answers, but the one thing I know that is goes to what you just said is I know this about Randy Peel. I'm a, I'm a life, I'm a, I'm a life learner. Like I am, like I am, I'm a life learner. So I'm constantly trying to learn right now, like every day, like I'm trying to learn more than what I knew yesterday. Now the beauty of it is, is I have a plan in place in terms of how I'm going about it. Like, I'm just not saying it and not living it. Like, I don't ever want to be that person. You know, if, if, I'm, if I'm telling you I'm doing something, then I'm going to be doing it. Most definitely. You know, and so, like, I'm reading, and man, and it's deep stuff. <laughs> like, it's, it's stuff that's deep to me. You know, like, um, 
you know, so like, and I don't want to veer off, but like, so one of the things I'm doing is, and I heard this like from Kevin Eastman. And so I'm doing it right. So uh, and this just goes to show you. So I don't know if you can see this, but this is, you see that? Yeah, we can't see it. That's seven buckets. So one of the things I try to do, I talked to my daughter about this yesterday. I have seven buckets and I'm trying to drop something into every one of those buckets every day. Gotcha. Now, now this just works for me, right? Everybody's different. So for example, one of the buckets is, is family. So you got to choose your bucket. So every day you're dropping stuff into your family bucket. All right. You're dropping stuff into your work bucket. Okay. Now this is where you really got to get. So now for me is faith. Am mm -hmm. I dropping stuff into my bucket every day that's got faith on it? That might be prayer, right? Well, I know I am because over here, I got, I got Proverbs right there. You see that? I sure do. So here, so now Proverbs, right? I had a guy tell me yesterday, he goes, coach, you told me a year ago. I had forgot I told him this. He said, every day, whatever day it is, I read, I read Proverbs of that day. Well, I'm, I'm back at it. So today's the 14th. So I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 14 today. That's... Tomorrow I'm going to read Proverbs chapter 15. That helps me put it in my faith bucket. You know what I mean? Most definitely. Exercise. You know, exercise. Look, I can show you. I got a 10 inch scar. And so, like, I, I'm, you know, Tennessee State, you go and eat the fried chicken Wednesday, you're in trouble. You know, you, you go get catfish and spaghetti on Friday. Man. <laughs> <laughs> those, arteries, those arteries are getting clogged. I'm you got that right. So, you know, like, like, so my method is try, I'm trying to get 10,000 steps five days a week. It's almost five miles. Um, think time, like, like, you know, like I think, you know, and this is my hardest one, like trying to take an hour out of your day to think I'm not doing that, but you know, I'm trying to, and that would be under meditation. And then, so, and then the other thing is reading, like, so I'm reading two books. There's two books I'm fascinated with right now. Okay. Now, okay. Like, and I'm gonna be honest with you. Like, like when I tell you, man, they'll motivate the socks off you. Okay. So there's this guy and uh, his name is Damon West. You ever heard of him? I have. There it is right there. Damon West. The change okay. agent. Huh? The change agent. Yes, sir. And if anybody says that, they know what's up. And look, there's book number two, training day, with a training camp with John Gordon. So, like, man, the change agent, that gives me goosebumps. You know what I mean? Me goosebumps. The story on the change agent is this guy played college football. Long story short, JR got sentenced to 65 years in prison. He became a meth addict. Wow. You, you, you read about this dude? I've heard about he him. I, I heard a story about him, how, how a guy named Mr. Jackson told him not to you definitely get involved in all those games. You know, <laughs> and he, he, got, he got beat up, but he never joined yeah. the game. He promised his mama, he wouldn't get any tattoos. We're going we're gonna to join any games. He got out of there. Now look at him. It brings me to tears. I've looked at it on YouTube. And so, you know, he became a meth addict. But Mr. Jackson said, taught him about prison. And he's prison is prison is boiling water. Well, life right now is boiling water. But he but now here's the biggest. There's a couple things. Number one, he said. You're not going to win all your fights but you got to fight them all. That's mm -hmm. what Mr. Jackson told him. Cause he told him don't join a, a gang. All right. So that was big, right? You tell him when you go to prison, you're in God's gang. He told him that. Okay. But the other thing he said was 
the 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 thing is you got to be a change agent but what he's saying is man it's all about being positive in your approach most and definitely his, so his thing was if you drop a carrot into boiling water that carrot before you drop it in it's hard it's it's hard to the world it it, it ain't it doesn't have any feeling for nothing well when you drop that carrot in water boiling water it becomes soft Mm -hmm. Do not be the carrot because soft is not good. All right. You know, like if you, you know, it's just not good. You know, if you go now, if you take an egg and pull in boiling water, it becomes hard. Well, what that means is now you've shut everything out. You're hard. You're not listening. You're not loving. You don't, you don't feel for people. None of that. But a coffee bean, when you put a coffee bean in water, the water now, all of a sudden, it's changed. It's called a drink, coffee. Mm -hmm. So the whole message is, is be a coffee bean, being an agent of change. You know, be somebody that's like, like, like I'm talking about big time positive, you know, like, and that's the way you got to be. You know, none of us are perfect, but for me, that resonates. You know, like I'm, I'm going to be a coffee bean. I'm telling you, like I am going to be a coffee bean. And I'll just with listeners here. Uh, if y'all remember when I got fired a few years ago for a while, Coach Peel helped me out a lot. And I sat in your office that day for about two hours. We yeah. talked about that. And you helped get me through that hard time, that dark place I had when I lost my job for a while there. And you – a lot of people don't know this, but you really helped me out. A lot of listen right now. Coach Peel honestly helped get refocus me past that bad and negative in my life and helped get me through that. And coach, I told you before, but I do thank you for that because I needed yeah. you your ear ear that day for those two hours and you gave it to me. And I wasn't one of your players, but I was <laughs> but but you still gave me that time just as a great guy and helped get me through a hard time in my life. And I thank you for that to this day because you really did help me that day. That means a lot, man. We all been through it. I mean, it, 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 you, you know, you are who you are when adversity strikes. And that's who we are as people. And um, I believe that. Nobody ever told me that. That's just something I made up because I knew when I was the head coach at Winthrop, people were climbing, climbing down my back. We went to two titles. And I can remember, you know, People will quit on you. People will doubt you. People will talk about you. And so um, when the going gets tough, that, that's, that's the measure of a man. I promise you. And so I'm glad I helped because you fought. I mean, I saw it in your eye. I mean, I knew you were coming out of it, you know, and we all go through it. It's part of life. Mm -hmm. We all we all experience it, you know, and, and, you know, going through situation where the, you know, where the odds are stacked against us, you know, everybody's telling us what we can't do, you know, and so how we come through doing those moments, I just think, I think it speaks volumes, you know, to you, what you did. That was incredible. And look at you now. And you get, you got your OG, you in your OG mode right now. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Because, yeah, I, I mean, you, you, like you said, Coach, I attacked the adversity. I got through yeah. it. Now I'm in a better spot than I was then. It's in 16. Okay. So, I, and I said, I still tell some people, I said, you really helped me. Like, a lot of people don't know that, but it was you. If Talking oh, to you for two hours that day really helped refocus my attack mode and get to get through this because it was hard. That was a ton of bricks. And I loved what I was doing at the time. And, boom, just let me go like I was nothing, <laughs> you know, to feel that way. But to get through it, man, was just, it was, the feeling was just great. Now, now the work where I'm at, the work where I'm at now, when I'm blessed and highly favored. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm so happy for you. That's, and you're in a, and you're in a perfect city. You know, you're, you're like in your element, if, if that makes sense, you know, like, you being in Atlanta and doing what you're doing, you know, making a, you know, making a change and, and then, and then taking a stand and sharing a message that you're doing. I just think it's incredible. And you know, coach, 
And coach, you know what's great about his coaches to being here in the city of Atlanta that you know I've been afforded a platform, you know, from Chattanooga all the way to Macon to use my show for good and to be in control of my own show at 33 years old. I control what happens here. You know, I have sponsors, but at the end of the day, JR determines what gets on the air and what I cover. And not many guys in my position have, have to have that power in this business that I do right now. And nobody, and nobody marketing in the country for us media and uh, in a, a hub with five great schools and D1 as well, to all the pro teams here. So like you said, I'm in the perfect city to make a difference in my community and make a difference for people all, all over, over this, this country. That's right. That's right. I believe that. I do too. I hear you. I hear you. Got to make a difference, you know, and like I was, you know, on the HBCU uh, round table with Travis Williams, you know, uh, two weeks ago when we were talking about stuff and I just said to Travis, I said, talk is cheap, man. Talk is cheap. You know, it's like, what are we going to do? Well, you know, what, what are you going to do in life? What are we going to do? You know, and so um, in this world, man, we really need leadership bad, you know, like bad. And especially our youth, our, our youth need people that can guide them and help them to mature and grow. Um, like I told somebody, I said, I'm not getting through, I mean, I said, I'm not getting through COVID. I'm growing through COVID. I can assure you. I, I like, there ain't no, you know, and, and another thing is, is, and this is something <clears throat> you've never heard me say this like this, but it, when, you know, people use the word sacrifice, right? Mm -hmm. I've changed, I've changed my definition of that. Because sacrifice, it, it was like, it's like, what are you giving up? You know, when people think of sacrifice, they think, you know, what are you, what are you giving up in order to, to, to do that? So I don't believe that anymore. It, sacrifice to me means what are you doing for? Mm -hmm. It's not what am I giving up. Sacrifice is what am I doing for somebody? What am I doing for a cause? Not what I'm giving up. Because to me, that's like, that's like, are you defending the title? No, we're not defending the title. We're going to win another one. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm not defending anything. You know what I'm saying? And so, but that really struck me when I heard that. And then um, it was like on a staff. I heard somebody uh, and it really, you know, like you said something about being a head, one of the keys to head coach is having a great staff. One of the keys to having a great staff is being in alignment. Like I learned that now, like, you know, like if your staff's not in alignment, they're not a great staff. Mm -hmm. just not. Well, another thing that I heard recently and I really believe is, and you know, and like I, I'm talking with you, I don't, I don't want you to think like I'm out here, but like, is your staff egoless? Most definitely. I know that. I know the great staffs that I've been a part of, man. And what I'm on right now, there's no ego, you know. But you know what I'm talking about. Like, you know, you can be on a staff, and there's too many egos. Most definitely. It's too, you know, it's too many. You know, I said something to Sean Walker the other day, and it's just something. And he thought it was a, got the biggest kick out of it. And it's like, it's just normal for me. I said, Sean, I said, we, ours, and us replaces I, me, and mine. Most I'm definitely. always leery when I, when I keep hearing I, 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 me, me, me. I want to hear we, we, we. <laughs> Most definitely. You know, that's, that's the verbiage I, I kind of, that I, you know what I'm saying? So. Most definitely. Most definitely, Coach. And you're so right about that. And I feel like, you know, Young men have to learn that because a lot of these guys, before they come to your schools, are they're man on their AAU team, they're man on their high school team. They have to learn to give give yeah. up something of themselves for the better of the team, whether it be coming off the bench here or be just being a rebounder, being a three and D guy, setting picks, or yeah. you know, being an energy guy. So, yeah, this is a great list. Basketball and sports teaches young men the word sacrifice. What are you going to give up for your team as your definition as coach? Because I feel like the sports we, we love. 
helps mm-hmm. mold young men because they don't have molded me for life. Helps mold them for life to be better men, like we talked about earlier. Because okay. if you're about us, we and ours, you can't go wrong because mm-hmm. we are we're all a collective one yeah. together for a common goal to win. That's right. The 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 great the 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 you know you don't know it. I I don't know if that's the right word, but like the one thing that I've learned through coaching is, and I, my wife is great. She's working. And I, I talked to her about two things, you know, a lot. I'll talk to her about leadership, you know, like I'm, when I watch business, when I watch people in the business where what I look at now is their leadership. And the other thing I look at is what kind of team are they, you know? And so when I'm around leaders like like when I watch coach Shashevsky in practice when I was a young coach I remember coming out of there and I said something to somebody I was with and you know it was it was kind of taken in a way that I don't know that I got the message across but one of the things that you know for example that coach Jones does a great job of Coach Jones builds teams. And what I mean by that is the, co- the, the, the collection of our, the sum of our team is greater than the individual pieces. And like, you can have more talent than me, but if our team is a better team than yours, we'll beat you. You know what I mean? And what that means is, is it means it means accepting roles and it means being yes. a being a superstar within your role like when you like when i look at it man one of the biggest in biggest injustices that i see going on and that's the wrong word but one of the biggest thing that bothers me is when people are in an organization and they're not on the same team when the right hand doesn't know what the left hand's doing you have a group in, in Atlanta that's one of the best I've ever seen. I will tell you this. Uh, I went to the Nation of Coaches Clinic at Chick-fil-A and their headquarters in Atlanta. It was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my lifetime. Like, everybody knows the mission that's working for Chick-fil-A. It's, most it's definitely. Like clock, it's like clockwork. I've been in there, and I'll say, what's your mission statement? Every one of them. Every one of them knows what it is. And that's, you know, I'm just something that's big on that. Um, so we'll see. <laughs> you got that right, Coach. And you know, like you said, being and having that symmetry is so important. And being in the NBA, I see a lot of teams that are disjointed who are on the same page. And you can see the, the, the oh, tension yeah. and, and, and dissension amongst guys and amongst, amongst front office versus down on, on the coaches. So you're right. If you're not aligned from top to bottom, right hand, left hand together, you can't win. And the teams yeah. who don't win in the NBA are usually the ones who are very disjointed. And you see it during pregame and shoot arounds and postgame for sure. It's amazing that you're saying that because I had this discussion Monday. And the man, that, that is amazing. So let, let so if you're sitting there, I had this discussion, I promise you, Monday, what makes a great staff? Like, and what I mean by that, let, let's say you're in the NBA. So the one thing I know is I do believe number one is alignment. I believe that everybody has to be working for the same goal. And what I mean by that, like as, like as an assistant, my job is to make Coach Jones's job easier. My job is to help us win. That's what my, on the floor, that's what my job is. And so now, so now where it gets tricky is the second two. I heard uh, some people have said, belief like a b like assistant coach i'm giving i'm using the word assistance but i don't mean it literally believing in each other okay so for me and like this is the kind of stuff like i believe that needs to be discussed for me it was trust so if a was alignment b for me is trust and he goes what do you mean i said well like trusting each other 
if 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 you got an MBA and you got three or four different, they got a, coaches or staff members, they got to trust each other. And I, and I I said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, like I'm talking like this. In organizations, I see stuff like this. Well, I recruited him, mm-hmm. or I signed him. No, we all signed him, or. I got coaches here. No, we coaches, we're a team, you know, like where guys aren't maybe working together. Um, like, you know, and like people are vying for the president's ear. They want his ear. And to me, part of the things that's successful is if we have a team, like, like I trust you. We're on the same team. You trust me. I know your family situation. You know mine. You know where I came from. I know where you came from. We trust each other. Most Somebody said something about you. I'm like, nope, I got his back. Like, that's my guy. And then the, the last one for me is, and, and like what I'm saying is like there's internal competition. Guys are competing against guys on their own team. Look, I'm trying to beat the other team. I ain't the enemy. And the enemy's outside this room, not inside. Yeah, right. You know, and then the last one for me, and you know, I'd love for you to chop it up. The last one for me is communication, man. Most like, definitely communication. Just, communication, like, and what I mean by that is like, like to me, I'm on, like, let's say I'm on a staff, and I'm like, I go into my buddy's room and say, man. I, I, I think that guy can play. You you think he can play? You know, and and we're being real with each other. And if he doesn't, I want him to tell me. You know, like, man, RP, I don't know if he's good enough. And, I, and I'm like, okay, well, why not? You know what I mean? Like, to me, in any organization, you know, you you got to have great communication. And so, like, I learned something from Coach Jones and like I learned something like in leadership, right? This is big. Like what I'm gonna say on is on my heart right now is big. I I see it in my wife's company. So part of the thing for leadership is if you are a leader, I think one of the things that constantly is an emphasis is what should we be saying and how should we be saying it if i'm the, if i'm the president of a company and we work together and if you're not performing at the highest level then why is that exactly if you're a player with the hawks and you're not performing at the highest level that you're capable of performing why is that well am i am i saying the right things to you and then the, the next thing is how am I saying it? Most definitely. Like, I can't sit there and say you, like, it's a difference saying, man, you ain't worth two beans versus we need a better effort from you in these two areas. I just think. It's all delivery. It's yeah, all delivery. Yeah. But then it gets down to community. It gets down to relationships, man. Most like, definitely. You know, like, like, like I'm running through a wall you know, like I'm running through a wall for, for coach Jones. I'm coach. I'm the, I'm the shield. I'm taking the bullet. He ain't taking the bullet. You know, I'll take that bullet, you know, but like, I just think, you know, like in any successful organization, you just watch body language and it tells you everything about relationships. You know, um, you watch them during times of adversity and it tells you what kind of men they are and it tells you what kind of teammates they are because when 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 adversity hits some the, the people shatter you know and the great teams don't they stay together you know they 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 rebound from it you know and so I don't know. That's kind of the stuff I've been into, like with all this going on with COVID is like, you know, like trying to reach out to the guy, like guys on the team today. Like I'm reaching out. How are you doing? You know, we start class next week. You ready? You know, I'm ready. Are you ready? You know what I mean? That's the kind of, 
So we're in leadership position, man. We're, 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 it ain't about a, a basketball all the time. It's about, you know, when I get back, I swear one of the things I want to do is I, I, you'll laugh at me. You'll think it's corny. All right. But one of the things I want to do is I want to take the a basketball and I want to deflate it and I want to sit it on my desk with no air in it. That's what I want to do. And my message is, what are you going to do when that ball stops bouncing? Oh, definitely. The air is out of that ball because let's be real. It's, it's, uh, it's coming out for all of us. Are you, are you ready? And you said it. See, you said it earlier tonight. What kind of husband are you? What kind of father? You know, like, are we, you know, like, my thing is, man, we got to prepare these guys for when they walk out. This is a tough world out there. Most definitely. You know, you know and so we got to help be, people be ready. And it's not going to be easy. And, Coach, I got two more for you, Coach, before we get out of here. Um, how has your transition been to Houston? I know it's a great city, uh, Third Ward, where it said you got Houston down the street from you guys and Jack Hanks High School in the area. How's Houston been treat treating you? And how how's it like moving from Nashville to Houston there? You know, it's it's Houston is a, is a great city. It is. It's a great city. It's the fourth largest city in the United States. Um, I mean, look, I had – quadruple bypass surgery. I was in a hospital for 11 days. Okay. And you know what? My wife will tell you, Houston is the number one city in America and for producing doctors. So like I, you have like St. Luke's Medical Center. That's where I was for 11 days. I had one of the greatest heart surgeons in America. So where I'm going with it is Houston is a city of diversity. Like if you don't like diversity, don't go to Houston because Houston is a city of diversity. You know, uh, I, I like that, you know, um, <laughs> the stuff you'll laugh at, like what makes Houston and it's weird because Houston is, here's what Houston's about business wise. It's about oil and it's about energy flat out. Now I'll put real estate in there. So what I'm talking about is you always pay attention to the price of gas when you're in Houston. Most definitely. Okay? You know, there's so many people living there. You know, there's so many different energy companies that blows you away. Um, so I, I, I have the best of both worlds. The, the food, food in Nashville is great. I'm not going to lie to you, but man, <laughs> You talking a whole new ball game, like you're you 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 talking, like you you like we're in the we're in the final eight of the playoffs is what I'm saying now. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> okay, so when you go to Houston, number one, like look, that's one of the reasons I had a heart attack. Like I don't mess with soul food in Houston no more because soul food in Houston, like like uh, uh, oxtails. You ever had oxtails before? Nah, I haven't, Coach. I haven't, to be honest. And see, that white dude talking to you about oxtails. You know? <laughs> and so oxtails and gizzards and gravy and, I mean, like, it's out of this world. I ain't, I ain't doing that no more. But, like, the restaurants, like, Mexican food in Houston, bro, you ain't at Taco Bell, okay? You, you're wow. talking a whole – like, it's called Papacito's Cantina – it's the best Mexican food in the world. The the steak plate is the best in the world. Um, so it's hot. Now, you, you the heat in Houston, like right now in Houston, mm -mm. are you talking August heat? You, you, you're like, it's cranking. <laughs> I can you know, believe it. It's cranking, you know. And uh, like that was the first thing. Like, man, when I would walk out in July and August, that heat, like winter is mild. Like, I, I haven't worn a winter coat in two years. Wow. All I wear is my warm-up. That's what I wear. Wow. It's just, weather's great. You know, it's different than the rest of the world. And, and, 
in the rest of the United States, when it gets, when it hits summer, everybody's trying to go out. In Houston, everybody's trying to stay in. But now when September hits, everybody's going in, everybody's going out in Houston, like in September, October, November. I mean, you know, it's, uh, but the weather's really nice. People are very friendly. Um, they love their football. Uh, there's so many players in the state of Texas in basketball. It's insane. Wow. It's so big. So, yeah, it's a great city. It, it is. It's been good to me and my, my, my wife, for sure. That's what I got for you, Coach. What is your fondest memory of coaching in Atlanta or, or coming here for recruiting or an event? What's your fondest memory of coming here today to the ATL? Man, that's a great question. That is a great question. Um, wow. That's a loaded question. I think my thing, Atlanta is like Houston in the sense of the, the biggest thing that I can say is, so when I was at Winthrop, I was a head coach at Winthrop, and I've recruited North Carolina. I mean, I've recruited a lot of places, North Carolina, South Carolina, and I really got deep into Florida. But the one thing that I tried to do in Atlanta is I tried to basically take the city of Atlanta and almost take a pin in an hour and a half circumference. Like I just felt like from a basketball standpoint, I could – I, I felt like there were so many, the, the city was so populated that there were so many kids, like I could go into Atlanta and recruit and not have to beat anybody and come out with a really good player because there were so many people there. Um, I don't know if it's one defining moment. I, I love the, Atlanta's got a, Atlanta's got swag if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, like, like Atlanta is, you know, it, there's so much energy and there's juice. You know, when you look at Atlanta, like, I mean, people are living a good life in Atlanta. Like whenever my biggest moments, I would say to my wife, I'd say, I don't know where these people are working, but I want the life they got. <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> I would go to the mall, I would go to Buckhead, and I would see people in Buckhead, and I'm like, man, I don't know where they're working, but I need to figure out where it is. You got because, that right. <laughs> you know, i never seen so many people during the day, you know. I mean, you got fine restaurants. You know, the one thing you'll laugh at this, Atlanta's like Houston in this regard. Like, and I'm, I'm, I'm having fun with this, right? But I would always go to Atlanta, and I'd always Larry Dixon would be. I'd say, Larry, man, everybody's got a BMW or a Mercedes in Atlanta. Like I've never seen so many nice. Like if you don't have a, if you don't have a nice ride, I mean, you laugh at it, but like everybody had a nice ride in Atlanta. They you know? do. You know, I feel bad driving to Kia, Kia Optima. I feel bad. <laughs> I thought that was a fun. I thought that was the funniest thing, you know, and uh, and I, I, you know, and I miss it. I, I, I miss it, you know, and um, I'm trying to think. Shoot, I miss not having the Final Four. I mean, my daughter, my, we already had our rooms locked. It in. hurt me that y'all can come down. It hurt me, coach. I was looking for all y'all in town. I had all kind of plans for me, be, be, be people, and be with the coaches. I had all kind of plans for this final four, and it all went straight south on us. My my daughter, our, we had our own hotel. My wife, my daughter had her own uh, you know, Airbnb in Atlanta. She had it booked months in advance. She doesn't do that for other cities. I mean, she had it locked down, you know, but, you know, it's, it's a great night. I mean, it's a, it's a lot of fun, man. It's, a, it's a, you know, it's a melting pot of America, so to speak. It's like New York. It's like the one thing that the great cities have in this country is 
it's a melting pot. You can, you know, people move to Atlanta to have a better life. People don't leave Atlanta, they move to it. It's the same thing as Houston. People move to Houston to have more opportunity, not less. And that's the same thing with Atlanta. When I went there, it's like nobody's from here. <laughs> every, every, Guilty as charged. <laughs> everybody I met from Atlanta had moved there. You yes. know, so, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I'm a common sense guy, as you can tell, and I figured that out pretty quick. So it was fun. Well, Coach Peel, it's been good to catch up with you, do this hour with you here on the show. Finally, we got you on the show, coaches. It's been great. And uh, we got to do this again real soon. It's been so fun to have the show and share our stories with each other and share the listeners what I what I shared with how you helped me out with my job, man, because people didn't know that it was you. And so I'm glad people now know who helped get me back on the right track. It was you, Coach Peel, all this time. I appreciate you, man. I love you, brother, and I, I look forward to seeing you soon. All right, Cole, thank you. That's Randy Peel here on the Boss Man Show. Hip-hop fans, I got a great album for you. The debut album from Family Grind ENC, True Speech, and 313 Fresh. We're going to give you two discs, 33 songs of pure, genuine hip-hop. Albums available on iTunes, Amazon, Google Play, illstreetrex.com, and streaming live right now on Rhapsody, Beats Music, Spotify, Xbox Music, Slacker Radio, and SoundCloud. Check them out today. True speech and 313 Fresh Family Grind ENT. Believe in it. Get it. A gorgeous tan from Suntan City gives you an inner glow that relights the fire when you run into your first crush. Vicky, who is that? An old boyfriend. Lucky you just tanned at Suntan City. Lucky he's single. We're doing lunch tomorrow. We'll be single for long then. During Tour of the City, try all five tans, including spray tan, for just $4.99. Restrictions may apply. Click to buy now. When you're a teen, you finally get to make some of your own decisions. Who are you going to hang out with? What do you want to be? Are you going to glance at that text while driving? Remember, a split second is all it takes for something tragic to happen. Be in the zone. Turn off your phone. Visit childrenshospital.vanderbilt.org slash B-I-T-Z to learn more about our teen driver safety program. Brought to you by Monroe Carroll Jr. Children's Hospital at Vanderbilt, the Ford Motor Company Fund, and the Allstate Foundation. It's maybe the night that my dreams might let me know All the stars are closer, all the stars are closer Tell me what you gonna do to me Confrontation ain't nothing new to me you could bring a bullet, bring a sword, bring a morgue, but you can't bring the truth to me. Alexa, play Kendrick Lamar and SZA. Okay. With Amazon Music, a voice is all you need. Get tens of millions of songs. Download the Amazon Music app today. Yeah, yeah, it's your man, JC, the host with the most, baby, and it goes down each and every Saturday night right here in the city of Memphis. That's right, y'all. It goes down at Clicks. Sports Bar Memphis, baby. 3705 Malco Way, Memphis, Tennessee, 38125. Come out and join us, the Three Kings, each and every Saturday night for the livest karaoke in the city. Everybody gets in free till 10 p.m., only $5 after. Great food. We got drink specials. We got all kind of games, man. We got the pool tables popping. Whatever you want, we got you, man. Come on out. Have a good time with us each and every Saturday night. That's Clicks Sports Bar, Memphis.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.